kid, do you want to watch a movie that'll make you scared to travel anywhere? But why would I want to watch that? Because fish people. Is there fish boobs? Maybe. Well, okay, I'll watch it. You ready to talk some movies, Brennan? Yeah, okay. Well, let's go! Welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm Dan. I am Brennan. And we're a father and son duo that explores the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of golden age VHS rental store flicks. In what, Brennan? In spoiler-heavy fashion. Thank you. I'm glad that you picked that up and finally started doing something around here. (laughs) Started to carry my own weight. (laughs) Well, you're a man now. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So um, let's just get right to it. Because I have no, like, special news or anything or whatever. We're just coming back from summer slasher camp. We're all groggy. Mm-hmm. And just don't want to get back to the regular grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we did pick out a really fun one today. We did. And I'm sure a lot of you will know by the title of the movie that we're covering, which is... Dagon. Yep. 2001 Stuart Gordon Extravaganza. Hmm. Yeah. 2001, I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when it was made, anyway. It was, I think it came out on home video in 2002, which is when I first saw it. And I actually own the very copy I first watched it on because I bought it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Did you watch it on DVD? Yeah, I watched it on DVD. DVD. <laughs> yeah, I watched my copy last night, actually. I had to watch it with ads on Tubi. Oh, it was on Tubi? It was on Tubi. Oh, And the ads good. are, like, really not that bad. Tubi is honestly a, a really good streaming service. Yeah, Tubi is pretty decent. I like Tubi. Uh, when I looked it up, it obviously took, like, the, the keywords of, like, Lovecraft and stuff and started recommending the other Lovecraft movies on there. Ooh. There is there's a movie called Call Girl of Cthulhu <laughs> about a, uh, a Cthulhu something or other prostitute. And the the old ones want her for something, and it looks really bad. So Tubi also has a lot of schlock on it too. Oh, they've got some of like the worst. Yeah, but yeah, if you if you're willing to kind of pick through things, they got good stuff on there, and it's free. Can't go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Better than paying, I don't know. I think it was like three dollars to rent this, <laughs> yeah. three or four dollars to rent it, and then like six dollars to own it on amazon yeah because i was just like i i didn't i thought maybe you just rented it no because i I didn't see it come up as a recommendation that it would be free on tubi Mm. so i wonder if the algorithm is like not suggesting those free things oh so i guess it always just kind of pays normally i just look online and you can find out and that's fairly accurate yeah when i first watched i watched it on a ps2 (laughs) <laughs> on dvd <laughs> that's very 2002 yeah <laughs> oh yeah um we are 
to skip the trailer because the trailer barely has any talking in it and it's just music and sound effects. That's basically it. And I also just am like, I'm not dealing with it. <laughs> That's a shame because I was really looking forward to definitely watching that trailer. I know you were, but mm. you can watch it because you will get to see all the cool visuals that they show. Oh, yeah. Our listeners cannot mm-hmm. unless they check it out on their own. But odds are, I'm guessing a lot of people have already seen this movie because mm-hmm. it has a good reputation. Yeah. And I don't know too many people that have seen it that don't like it. And that's a bit of a spoiler for <laughs> how we feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you haven't, um, go watch it because. Is that your, is that you recommending <laughs> the movie? I'm not saying I'm recommending it right now. I'm just saying that maybe they should watch the movie. So you're recommending that they watch the movie, but you're not r- quite recommending the movie yet. Well, well, I don't want to spoil that. Oh, okay. Part of it. Okay. All right. So, according to IMDb, Dagon, a boating accident runs a young man and woman ashore in a decrepit Spanish fishing town, which they discover is in the grips of an ancient sea god and its monstrous half-human offspring. Thank you. Good night. Yep. That, that's actually really on point. Yeah, so like we said earlier, directed by Stuart Gordon, director of Reanimator. Mm-hmm. And for some little more information on that, go listen to that episode because we got to see Reanimator like with a group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, on and, what was it like, thirty-five millimeter too? Yes. Yeah. And outstanding. Yes. And then um, the writer Dennis Paoli and Stuart Gordon's daughter did like a Q and A. Yeah, that was really awesome. Yeah, and Dennis Paoli also wrote this movie as well. Mm. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, go check that out, listen to that, find out about Stuart Gordon's Wisconsin roots. Ooh, that was a good, that was a good little tease. <laughs> Thank you. I actually did not write that down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. It stars Ezra Godin, Francisco Rabal, Raquel Morano, I, Spanish people, lots of, Spanish people. Yeah. Except for a couple <laughs> people in this movie. Yeah. Two couples, actually. No. Three-fourths of those couples. That's right. Yeah. Yes, because the one is definitely Spanish. And interestingly enough, too, she's like a famous TV star there. Oh. Like, hmm. Still working. Good for her. Yeah, absolutely. I used to always think, too, like the, the guy who plays Paul in this, like you're the main hero guy. I always thought he was kind of like a, oh, we're getting a special phone call. You're getting a special phone call. you have anything to say to the listeners? What's this one about? This one is about the, um, the movie Dagon. Is this Quentin again? This is Quentin again. Oh, I have not seen the movie Dagon yet. Oh, uh, lame. Lame. I know. I know. All right. Any quick words for our listeners? Hmm. Nothing appropriate. So I'll say no. Okay. Wise choice. Okay. Have a fun time. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyways, so what I was saying about uh, the main guy, Paul, in this movie, I always thought he seemed like a poor man's Jeffrey Combs replacement. Oh, I could see that. But upon this most recent viewing, I have changed that opinion of mine. Oh. And I give him credit for being his own person. I could definitely see that, though. Yeah, because he does have kind of, I don't know, maybe it's the glasses. I got that feeling, too. He's he's really good at being kind of quirky. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just 
how this movie went. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, yeah. So the rundown, it starts off, it's got Paul, and he's down in a hole in the bottom of the ocean. It's all weird structure, very alien looking in its design. And I don't mean like that movie alien, I mean just like not human. Yeah. And he starts rubbing it, and then like underneath it's like gold. And then he turns and he sees a woman, and you get to see boobies right away. There's lots of boobies in this movie. But not as bad as our last movie, though. Yeah. It's, it's got a different vibe a to it. a fair amount. Because it's just not clips of porn, I guess. Yeah. But anyway. Listen to that episode to hear about all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Everybody's going to be like, well, you're, you're just changing your opinion on boobs and movies. <laughs> no. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense in this one. Yeah. It seems more organic to the story. Right. Anyway. <laughs> then he sees, like, fishtail. So like mermaid and just for anybody who's out there, this mermaid is white. So just in case that's important for you. Yeah. If that's, if that's a sore subject for you, (laughs) rest assured, (laughs) we should just remake this movie and change this character to be black. (laughs) Piss everybody off. (laughs) My mermaid, not white. Anyway, (laughs) then she's like, Goes at him with pointy teeth mouth, which normally that kind of bothers me when it's a little too pointy teeth everywhere, but it's kind of all right in this movie. They look very shark-like. Yeah, yeah. And usually that's a design choice that does not work for me, but it works in this movie. I agree. Very well done. This entire structure kind of fluctuates between actual thing and CG. And it's just letting you know right away in this movie that the CG is not going to be good. No, it's pretty bad. All of it is bad. It's really bad. You just got to get past it. Yeah, yeah. So are the the opening credits, too, were incredibly cheesy. I kind of liked them. But in the, as far as fonts go, this is a the very 2001 font. It was really bad. It's like one of the most 2001 fonts so I've ever dated. seen. It was, it was very, very dated. People still like to use fonts that too yeah i see it all the time i'm like mm, even like the main menu font on the dvd i can't remember the name of it but i remember man back then that thing was that was a popular font people are still using it to this day for things you know why that is because they're creatively bankrupt yeah and they can't be as cool as us i should make you design the next logo ha come on write in the corrupted youth pod at gmail.com if you'd like brennan to design our next logo we did just have another moment of fun talk we did mm-hmm. i'm surprised you brought it up i thought about it yeah <laughs> I was watching it when I was... yeah <laughs> i did not put it i did not put font talk in the notes yeah so that's just a nightmare dream sequence whatever and main character paul wakes up he's on a boat with his girlfriend barbara and they're talking about how rich they are now because he did some computer something with stonks and don't care. made a boatload of money yeah, i guess it does not matter so they're out on a nice little ride with their friends howard and vicky and howard turns out was named after hp lovecraft oh that's cool because oh did we even mention that this is based off of a short story by hp lovecraft yes he does have a short story called dagon but it's not actually yeah the story that this is based yeah, on this is based off of um the Shadow over Innsmouth, which I did actually read. Not in preparation for this, surprisingly, though. 
I just recently read it. You did pick out this movie, though. I did pick out. Well, <laughs> yeah, it isn't even my. Is it my month? It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter anyway. But yeah, this is based off of H. Lovecraft, so that's a nice nod to. Nice nod to him. And we can talk later too, if you'd like, about how well it compares. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do want to bring up some some things from this movie. Yeah, I'm just glad that they chose to name his character after H. B. Lovecraft and not any sort of pet or animal. Ooh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no pet cats. Yeah, if anybody wants, I'll yeah. They got. They want to argue any of this. There's I, there's a really good video about how. Some people can get a pass. Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody gets canceled. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, a big a big storm ends up breaking loose, and um, Howard tries to steer the boat properly, but ends up running into a big giant rock, and his wife Vicky is down in the cabin and gets her leg squashed, and she's pinned because there's a big hole in the boat, and... She's just there, just screaming and bleeding. Mm-hmm. And I do like all of this sequence, though. Me too. Because, man, she really sells the fact that her leg is pinned. Yeah, and it's very chaotic, too. Mm-hmm. Especially with how fast things change, that storm comes out of nowhere. And the effect of the storm is really cool, too. Oh, you actually like that effect? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, th- I did not. <laughs> I thought it was cheesy, but I miss when you could have, like, cloud effects that were just, like, over the top. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I like it when they were just, like, dumping colored fluids in a tank. Yeah, like that. how they did it back in the 80s and stuff. Yeah. That was this the best. wasn't quite like that. This was another bad Yeah, that was also CG the golden composite. age of fake storm clouds. It really was. Yeah. See Ghostbusters. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, <laughs> did you hear that? We've got the dogs in bio, so... <laughs> Everything's probably going to be kind of stilted or like edited weird because there's lots of dog noises happening and they're distracting. Sorry, Marla. You're distracting. You're cute, but distracting. So the plan is, is that Howard's going to stay with Vicky and then Paul and Barbara are going to take the raft in the shore, get some help. And on their way, they end up bumping into something and the raft starts leaking. Mm -hmm. And... Oh, <laughs> Barbara starts to try to scoop out the water with her shoe. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, and um, <laughs> they end up like even dumping the 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 motor and just paddling. And I like how Paul just has no idea how to row. <laughs> yeah, he's like trying to rig it up to the the device on the the raft. And I was yeah. just like, no, dude, he's just a dumb stonks boy. He doesn't. He didn't do any outdoorsing. Yeah, I mean, clearly he's very nerdy yeah. in this. And he had, like, a talk earlier, too, about binary system. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, like, gets, it's a theme throughout this movie. Yeah. But I don't know. I th- I feel, it feels a little forced, I guess. I don't really get where any of that was going, if I'm being honest. I picked up on it every time they, like, dropped that theme. I think it was just his character, and that's just the way he thought. Oh. He tried to think very binary, but I don't know. He has to make split decisions throughout this entire movie. Yeah. And you can't tell me that he did not weigh more than one option in some of those cases. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But they get to shore and they end up going to a church and the iconography is certainly not Christian in there. Yeah. And 
they end up like creepy priest comes out and you know they talk to him about like hey we need help and everything like that so they end up like getting some super creepy pale fisherman and the whole thing is like well only one of you can go back to the boat but one of you has to stay here and barbara ends up staying behind and paul ends up going with the fisherman but meanwhile like on the boat there's something in the water so um vicky says and there's like a weird oily black fluid floating around in the water while they're in there and Howard tries using like a flashlight and I'm, you're not going to be able to see through. I don't, I don't, did not get that. Me neither. <laughs> it's a weird decision, but then something's moving around and he ends up like shooting a gun and they're like, Oh man, like they can hear it from the shore. Apparently, even though it's a big loud storm and they also keep mentioning too about like chanting or singing happening. And I did not hear it. Did you, you can hear? barely hear it when they first mention it. Any other time they mentioned it, I did not hear it at all. I also did not notice because I saw in the trivia that certain buildings uh, had their crucifixes were replaced with that trident mm. symbol for Dagon mm-hmm. that was going around. I did not pick up on that. I didn't even notice it. That's a cool detail, though. Yeah, because anytime like, you know, you'd get like these shots and it's like, sure, this place looks creepy because it's an actual Spanish village mm-hmm. and it's an awesome location it's a great location because it looks pretty spooky from because it's a storm it's yeah. constantly raining in this movie mm-hmm. and that's another thing man this must have been a pain to film actually yeah i brought that up I, when i was watching this because i watched this with my roommate lucas and uh i was like man it must have just stunk to be this paul guy because you're just wet constantly every take every shot you're just wet yeah, all and, the time. And anytime he looks like he like they might have put a dry sweatshirt on him because he's wearing this miskatonic <laughs> sweatshirt, which is great. Yeah. But um and yeah, anytime he's got it on and it even kind of looks remotely dry, that dude's wet within like seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but uh him and the creepy fisherman get out to the boat and there's like nobody there. So they're like, mm, that can't be good. And they head back. And then there's the whole thing with uh, Barbara. Yeah, Barbara is just like, I don't know, she goes to the local hotel and where there's like the creepy guy behind the counter. So everything just feels really off and everybody's just weird and creepy. Yeah. And they had even noticed, like, I think maybe Paul noticed, or was it Barbara, that the one hand on the priest had webbed fingers. Yeah, I think that was Barbara. Yeah, that was a really cool detail. Mm-hmm. There's also the bit where Paul gets the fish hook in his hand when he gets on the boat. Oh, yeah. And he's got to pull it out. God, it was so gross for, like, no reason. <laughs> like, that never, that's never a thing. They just put that in the movie. Yeah, that's just there for a gross out value. Yeah. And to make everybody uncomfortable. But it helps with the mood of this movie. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of sets it up. Mm-hmm. And so when Paul gets back, he ends up going to that same hotel. And this is this is where it starts to to get kind of interesting because Paul had mentioned about how his family or his mother came from Spain, mm-hmm. but he, they were, they never went back and his father was from Spain. And so he doesn't know any Spanish. And so now he's just this American guy in this foreign country trying to communicate and it's not going well for him. No. And it really ties into like some of the, like the tropes of H.P. Lovecraft of the xenophobia 
Yeah. And like the fear of, you know, other alien people. Mm-hmm. And it really comes out. This is when it starts like, okay, this is going to be like a whole running thing throughout this entire movie. Yeah. And it's there. It is. The whole time. Yeah. Because he ends up going to his room and, oh, he also finds Barbara's lighter. Mm-hmm. Isabel. Because that's an important story detail. It is, yeah. And it's, I, I felt like it was like a video game where like. You, you pick like it a up. Key item. <laughs> yeah, it's like in like Resident Evil game or something. Yeah. Like you're going to need that to like burn some random thing down to like yeah. do whatever. It's absolutely Chekhov's later. Definitely. Yeah. I also liked how the um the guy working in the hotel had gills. Oh, very yeah. Very slightly had gills and Paul kind of noticed that. Yeah, but he gets up to his room and it was so gross. Uh-huh. I mean, it's also like extremely european looking in mm-hmm. a way or like just foreign like it's not it's outdated like the the light switches look extremely dangerous to operate because there's just wiring and stuff yeah. everywhere and his he like peels back the the covers on the bed and it was just like super nasty like something had laid down on it that was just gross and slimy but then he also has like another dream sequence too where he thinks Barbara's there. Yeah. And then Barbara's like a fish person. Barbara's like the mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. But then he just wakes up in a chair. Right. I'm like, okay, enough, enough of the dream sequences. Uh-huh. That's the, pretty much the last one we're going to get, I think, right? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> because dream sequence fake outs. They're pretty annoying if you do it more than like once or twice. Yeah. Unless that's your entire theme of your movie, I guess. But I do like the use of dreams, because that's also a really important factor in H.P. Lovecraft's stories. He's constantly talking about people having dreams about weird things and the weird dreamlands and stuff. Yeah, but while he's, like, in his room, he sees, like, some commotion going on outside, and it's a whole bunch of the villagers mucking about, being creepy. And he he basically ends up having, like, an entire mob come up to his hotel room, and... He goes to lock the door. I love this part mm-hmm. where he goes to lock the door and you can see that the lock had been removed from the door. Yeah. Because it was the only clean spot there. Yeah. And then he notices that the a similar lock, if not the same lock, is just on a different door for like the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So he takes that and like takes it off with a Swiss army knife and the whole like tension of like, they're coming. He's got to unscrew it yeah. and then screw it in. And he gets it in there in the nick of time. Last second. Very last second. And then like an idiot, he says something and gets their attention. They probably would have never even noticed him. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. He did it to himself. Kind of. Yeah. But then he ends up escaping from the, from there. Yeah, he jumps out of, like, the third-story window <laughs> through a glass-like window, like a skylight, into, like, this, like, warehouse kind of building. He should have been cut Messed up. up. Like, like, that... I think that would have been a fun detail if his, like, sweatshirt, at least, was, like, kind of cut up or he had a few cuts on him. Yeah. like but He's, he, like, rolling around in that glass. <laughs> yeah. He just, like, limp around the rest of the movie, so at least he's pretty beat up from everything, but... Yeah, still... You still fell from the third story. Through a skylight, like, whatever. That's just, that's just plot armor. <laughs> hey, he's, it's not like anything else is really going to work out for him. In this yeah. <laughs> this is the scene, too, in this warehouse where he ends up, like, finding all the, 
that they're drying out human skins, mm-hmm. which is super cool because yeah. those look great. Dude, too. They do. They look really good. Yeah, it's super nasty. It's not like all kind of rubbery like you usually get where it's just like, this is thick rubber. No, they're like dried out and like kind of see-through jerky looking. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and he ends up like using one of them and running out with everybody because like the plate, he ends up like starting to place on fire, right? Yeah, he also sees the dude from the boat in the warehouse. Oh, yeah, that's right. Up. Yeah, he because he's, yeah, he sees like, Howard is... His skin looks more rubbery and stuff, but that's because he's fresh. Yeah, yeah. And that effect of Howard's, like, skin was amazing. Yeah, and let's give it to the effects team, too, because, like, this this was, like, all Spanish. Oh, it was all, like, Spanish effects? Yeah, it was a, a Spanish effects studio. Yeah, they did an outstanding job. And yeah. there's definitely one scene that we'll be talking <laughs> about for its great effects. Yeah, but he ends up, like, using one of the strung-up skin things and, like, running out with everybody because they're trying to save him when the place is on fire. And I kind of like that. Me too. And and I like, too, that his sweatshirt is just really bright orange because he just stands out everywhere. Yeah, yeah. He can't really, like, hide or escape. It was a really good choice. Uh-huh. And so now, you know, like, he's got all these villagers chasing him. And this is from this point on, the movie's just one big chase sequence, basically, mm-hmm. of him just trying to avoid these people and get away. And, you know, it's let's discuss the fish people. Because oh, totally. They're all just kind of bits and pieces of different aquatic life. Like they're in the process of changing. Yeah. And they're well hidden enough too, where like you only get little glimpses of them and like you hear them. I loved, I think my favorite part about them is just, their voices because they will still talk they'll speak like spanish but then there's like weird other language thrown in there i mean i took two spanish classes in high school so i know a a very bare minimum amount of spanish but like my roommate lucas he knows a lot of spanish and he's like i i'm not understanding this like there's half of what they're saying is spanish the rest of it's just gibberish and it's because they're changing and they're like yeah, they're like making weird chirping noises yeah. and things, and it's very unsettling. It is, and they they really like distort it too. It doesn't sound human. Almost like a like sometimes like almost like a dolphin, mm-hmm. like kind of like how they'll kind of like squeak and stuff. And yeah, not like the the big happy dolphin noises, but just a lot more subtle. Yeah, even though yes, dolphin are not fish, but whatever. <laughs> they're basically fish. <laughs> it's yeah it is pretty cool how they're they are very obscured mm-hmm. and you don't really get good it's very hp lovecraft yes and it's leaving a lot up to your imagination especially when you sometimes like somebody might even just be completely shrouded and you go i don't know what's underneath there but it's probably nothing good yeah <laughs> so as he's like running off he ends up hiding underneath like some building and there's an old man down there with like a weird cut or a scar on his nose mm-hmm. and that guy's actually like a famous actor oh that's cool too. yeah he passed away before this movie was released oh wow. that's why it has like a dedication oh sure sure yeah but yeah he was pretty famous huh that's pretty cool yeah did a really good job in this role yes he does yeah even though he sounds like i mean he sounds like a good good drunk old man he does <laughs> because i was like Half the time, I, was like, I should have turned subtitles on or something. I did turn subtitles oh, on. Oh, did you? I did, yeah. Yeah. Because, man, 
He's good, though. He's good, grizzled, old drunk man, though. Mm-hmm. Paul ends up covering up his mouth and letting all the villagers pass by. There was that one that was, like, dragging itself past. Oh, it had no legs? Yeah. <laughs> no that, scooter? Yeah. That guy was great. <laughs> and uh, so while they're down there, he ends up telling the backstory of everything you need to know. And what I really liked about this is that it's a show and tell yes. because it's just him narrating this entire history of the village and what happened. And then you get like all the flashback sequences of him as a boy and the, you know, cause it's a fishing village and they fell on some hard times. So then this one guy was like, Hey, if we start praying to Dagon, things are going to get better for We're gonna us. We're going to get a bunch of fish. We're going to get a bunch of gold. But, you know, we got to ditch all this Christianity. And so they, the village is like, okay, we'll, we'll start like praying to Dagon. So they do. And they get like rewarded for it. More mm-hmm. fish. Um, some gold even washes up on shore. And Ezekiel's dad is like, nope, we're chucking that back in the water. Yeah. We are not take. we'll take the fish. But we are not taking any of this gold. Yeah. And. Then, um, since everything's working out pretty good for them, they're like, well, all right, well, the heck with this Jesus guy. They smash everything in the mm-hmm. church, throw it out, and everybody's just all about Dagon at this point. And yeah. that, the one guy who suggested it, the one fisherman, he becomes like this gilded priest. And I was kind of surprised like they didn't have a guy like him later. Yeah, me too. And it was kind of a little bit of a disappointment. This is like kind of the only part where you see anybody like that but um but ezekiel's parents not really cool with ditching the christianity and they're not really cool with the fact that dagon all of a sudden kind of wants like well maybe you guys should like start giving me some blood sacrifices (laughs) so they end up being sacrificed right Right. in front of them yeah that was a good good throat slash yeah it was that was yeah that was really good oh yeah that was really good and, uh, yeah, so that's why Ezekiel drinks all the time. That's what happened to the village. And it doesn't seem very prosperous for them anymore, though. No. Because, and I wonder if that's part of, like, I I don't know. They never really get into it further and, like, why they're still doing it. I think they're just still trying to appease Dagon. Yeah, and they also want to become fish people, too. Because once you become a fish person, you can live in the ocean forever. Like, you just don't die. You become immortal. So I think part of it, too, is that they're all working, worshiping Dagon, becoming fish people so that they can just live in the ocean. Oh, OK. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, it's kind of here and there, like into that. Like they just drop some lines like, oh, like you'll become immortal, like you'll just never die and stuff. And it's also what they talk about a bit in the book, too. Oh, OK. Yeah, but I like how Ezekiel is just like none of that. Yeah, and they don't mess with him because they, they think he's just crazy. Which he is. Which, yeah, to a degree. But I think he stays drunk, too. Mm-hmm. So that, like, A, they won't mess with him. And B, like, they're not going to really want him around. Yeah. And, like, he's been pretty depressed for quite some time, too, I'm sure. Probably his whole life. Yeah, I would think so. It's kind of a traumatic experience for yeah. any child to go through. Good casting, too, for young Ezekiel, too. Like, mm-hmm. when it fades into his younger yeah. self. yeah. Kind of a cheesy effect, but it lined up really well. Yeah. 
Yeah, he also finds out that the village is um, in Boca. That's the name of the village. Paul wants a car. And Ezekiel tells Paul that there's only one car in the entire village. And that it's the mayor's car. So he's like, we're going to the mayor's house. And so when they get there, you see the mayor like walking out on some weird crutches all covered up and probably very transformed at this point but Mm -hmm. you don't get to see it which is cool yeah yeah i do like that part too because um ezekiel says that he's like more than ready to live in the ocean but he's staying in the town to like be the mayor still and he just hates him for that because he just wants him gone (laughs) yeah and paul decides like he's going to hotwire this car which like a dingus he ends up like making the horn go off yeah and i mean paul's kind of bumbling in a lot of ways but also like i don't know he's under a lot of stress he's pretty smart and like quick on his feet but yeah he sometimes just does not pull off whatever he's trying to do (laughs) which is kind of great though for the movie it makes him pretty human yes and it also ramps up the tension a bit too Mm -hmm. you never know when he's gonna slip up yeah and it's almost comical to a degree and i think that was their intent mm-hmm. is to make him kind of comical but um yeah he ends up going inside the mayor's house where when he's running around and hiding he comes to a room where there's a young woman in a bed and once you know it it's the same one from his dream from the oh. beginning of the movie there she is hanging on a bed and she actually covers for him so he can hide out in there and he's like, oh, man, thanks. And then she's like, why don't you, uh, like, come on, come over here. Let's make out. Yeah. <laughs> Which he does. Yeah. Because he's just kind of, like, entranced by her mm-hmm. and mesmerized. But then underneath the covers, she's just got, instead of legs, she's just got two tentacles. Yeah. That just flop around. And they're all crazy. You notice when he, like, felt her, like, gross gills? Ugh. Remind me oh. of the deep from <laughs> the boys. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She was like the deep from the boys. Oh yeah. Well, maybe she liked that then. <laughs> the guilt touching. Yeah, that was weird. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Was it Uxia? Sure. Okay, I know that's how it's spelled. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. He does end up escaping. This, this isn't the part where the mayor gets him. That's later, right? Yeah. So he talked or makes out weird gross and then he's like uh nope and then he runs away that's when he tackles the the driver guy takes the keys and then drives off and then there's a group of people and he crashes he runs he fights the tentacle guy in the house yeah so yeah after the car crash he hides out in a house where there's just like a boy in there yeah just the young boy and he's like oh hey you know like finally another actual human and then the kid's just like rats him out instantly mm-hmm, right away and then the boy's dad comes in and he's just this big meat dude with shark teeth and tentacle arms yeah he was pretty cheesy remind me of like a weird like monster from the 50s i don't know make a guy and give him tentacle arms yeah but then like he ends up getting dunked in the <laughs> this gross toilet yeah that was pretty gross oh man that is that's really gross yeah like every that's the thing this movie too like every set is disgusting Mm -hmm. like these people 
probably were a fine people at one point in time, but I, it does not look like they've decided to clean anything. No. Since Ezekiel was a boy. Yeah. Because everything is just wet and gross. Which Paul takes out this like big hunkin' dude by like lightly smashing a um the cover of a toilet <laughs> on his head. I thought that was pretty weak that it would knock a guy out like that. Um, I think you could. I mean it you broke could, over his head. But he had like like think about it, like the <laughs> leverage to like hit backwards. Yeah, I guess. But whatever. Hey. Maybe he has fish head and it's weaker. That's a possibility. Maybe his skull is just like diffused at this point who knows i mean we can't for, say he's dead for sure mm-hmm. we don't see him later no yeah i do like how paul's glasses come off in the toilet too oh, <laughs> he's, he's like fishing get him out <laughs> uh, so gross yeah his glasses too are like constantly kind of semi-fogged up uh-huh this entire movie and it's it's just another little detail of just how crazy of a shoot this must have been yeah but on the other hand, too, you, you do get like vacation in Spain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of these were just sets too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I imagine most of the Spain stuff was just the village itself. Yeah, like all the out, outdoor stuff. Uh huh. But they did. I think it was just completely filmed there too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So excellent vacation idea. Yeah. It's just film in Spain. Like, did you notice at the beginning of the movie, like all the different like sponsorships, I guess, or like different bits of production that went into it. There's like 20 of them. All this different, like Spain must've been like so much Spanish Mm. money going into this. Oh, that's awesome. Hmm. So yeah, I definitely think it was a, Hey, I got a good idea how we can get a cool vacation. (laughs) Happens a lot. (laughs) Ask Adam Sandler. That's what he does. Oh, really? Yeah. That's why they always have like weird destinations in those movies. He just uses it like as a vacation. Go film a movie while you're there. Like, meh. Oh, you know, like, oh, like you've got like two to three months to film this movie, if not more. Just hang out in paradise. We should do that. How about let's do that? Let's go make a movie. We'll record this podcast. (laughs) Where do you want to go? Throw a a dart at a map. (laughs) Oh, no, we're drowning in the Atlantic Ocean. (laughs) But yeah, Paul ends up... uh, he gets reunited with Ezekiel, right? Or was Ezekiel with him? So he beats the guy with a toilet bowl. Uh-huh. And as he's running out, he like finally escapes and boom, fishing net gets thrown over him. Yeah, he gets captured. Yeah. Oh, because they also captured Ezekiel. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And it turns out that Vicky and Barbara are both still alive. Yeah. Ezekiel told them that they were dead earlier. Yeah. Which was weird, but I think that was probably just a... It was a safe assumption. Yeah, it was probably good advice, too, of like, yeah, you should probably just leave. Yeah. Like, you, you probably shouldn't go. Don't go looking for people in this village. Just, yeah, fail. And um, Vicky's got, like, stump leg now, and they sewed it up. And um, unfortunately for her, she's pretty hysterical because she knows she's pregnant with Dagon's baby because she got raped by Dagon. Probably not that great. She seems pretty messed up from that. Yeah, I don't blame her. And then her whole thing is like, I'm not dealing with this. You guys go do your thing, but I am not having Dagon's baby. Yeah, no Dagon baby. So she just 86s herself Mm -hmm. with a knife to the guts. Tough. 
that's a man that's a way to go that's tough also guaranteeing that that baby doesn't make it too yeah also good acting on her part as well oh yeah i mean for the small role that she had in this movie oh she brings it she really does adding to the believability of this entire scenario Mm -hmm. too of just yeah none of this is good yeah this is terrible yeah and that's when barbara's like if that ever happens to me just kill me yeah don't blame her on that one do not either but yeah um oh yeah um poor ezekiel gets totally skinned in one of the best special effects shots i've seen in a really long time oh it's that's gruesome yeah really good but you know what the fact that he was praying to a christian god the entire time it was happening was so ba oh and when paul joined in too yes I love the fact that throughout all this crazy stuff that has happened to Ezekiel, he has still kept his faith, like that entire time. After seeing his entire town just completely go under, and there being very clear and obvious evidence that this Dagon guy is pretty real and is a real god, the fact that Ezekiel like kept up with his faith is awesome. And that effect of him getting his face ripped off, <laughs> so good, so good. Yeah. yeah, I think he was he might have been under a lot of makeup to begin with. Mm. So it probably made that a lot easier to pull off. Yeah, but I mean, it's the movie's dark enough, but also lit, decent enough where it, his makeup looks really good. Looked really good. And this this whole getting his face peeled off Oof. was ouch. Yeah, yeah. Had my, had my roommate Lucas all like squeamish. Me too. Like it was like good, but we were, we were like, oh my God, this is such an amazing effect. But Uxia, like, she does prevent Paul from getting killed. Mm-hmm. And then is like, you know why I'm sparing you is because, like, you and I should totally get married. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Paul's he's cool like, with it. no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's cool with it. No. That's when he, like, grabs the two knives. Like, like really cool. Like, John Wick, like, kills the, the two guys trying to, like, hold him down and, like, gets that priest guy like stabs him in the gut it's like oh this is what it feels like to die like oh like he was like really mad at him for killing ezekiel you could tell yeah and there he, was a lot of anger in that and the whole like you know howard's dead vicky's dead yeah he's not gonna allow barbara to die uh-huh he's not gonna let himself die he's certainly not marrying some girl with tentacle legs absolutely not and i like when the priest falls over too because like his guts kind of spill out oh yeah just a little bit but it was like enough like it felt very real that was that was a nice little effect. Yeah, it seemed painful. Yeah, it did. <laughs> but yeah, he he kind of gets away, and then he's like, "Hmm, I still got this lighter. Burn this entire place down." Yeah, I love that. It's part of his plan because he's also got to save Barbara mm-hmm. because she's up next. Yeah, to be sacrificed or raped or both. Yeah, to Dagon. Yeah, because that last baby did not pan out too well. Yeah, and um, he ends up. Uh, there's a secret passageway inside the church because he goes back there and because he had heard the chanting Mm -hmm. and this is one kind of where you can kind of hear it yeah and ends up finding the secret passage goes down underneath the church and they've got like this big pit that leads down to the water and they've got barbara just naked and bloody and strung up above the pit and they're gonna lower her down to whatever's gonna happen down there don't want to know this is a lot of nudity on her part, too. Yeah. And from what I was reading, it was her first nude scene ever that she ever oh. did. And you had 
and probably your only one because she's this TV star. Yeah. So can you imagine like having to go through that? <laughs> like that did not look like even fun to just act. Like yeah. you are just completely naked and having to be hung up by your hands. Yeah, it did not look very fun. No, it did not. But kudos to her. Yeah. And she did a good job acting that entire time, too. Was she actually acting? Because, yeah. <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, that... They sold it. Yeah. Yeah. But also to quote um, Cinema PsyOps, thank you, movie. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not going to lie. She's pretty funny. I did not mind that. I did not mind that nudity. <laughs> Leading to a terrible situation. But Definitely. If I had enough disassociation. <laughs> yeah. But instead of being creeps, we'll keep talking about the movie. Uh, this is where Paul comes in. Paul's ready for action. I love it, too. He runs in immediately, just starts lighting people on fire. Oh, yeah. There's great, great flaming dudes. Oh, in such great flaming fishmen. Oh, awesome. Yes. But we- in all the commotion, uh-oh, Barbara just gets totally dropped into the water. <laughs> she does. Yeah. And by the time Paul lights enough people on fire and cranks her back out of the water Dagon did his work yeah she's covered in black goo and she's just like kill me just kill me Dagon jumps out of the water and then eats Barbara not too sure as to like why that all happened I don't know either I think it's because like other stuff got thrown in too maybe either way (sighs) Barbara dead you just see like her arms hanging yes just a couple of arms yeah (laughs) the good looking arms though that's a good effect yeah it was a really good effect um yeah not can't say so much for dagon though yeah that's ouch i didn't like dagon's design either i didn't really either yeah i think it would have been a lot better if they just didn't show dagon at all maybe have like a tentacle come out or something yeah that's enough i think a little bit of the unknown would have really worked in favor of this yeah just something horrible like yeah like you said a tentacle or whatever come up and grab her can still rip her down like leaving her arms that would have been actually more brutal. That would have been pretty bad, but yeah. So then they get like Paul all beat up. And then this is when the mayor shows up too. Oh, I, yeah. I like it too because like he's all covered up in like faces and stuff, like dried faces. Super cool. Oh, yeah. We never did explain that they wear the skins. Yeah. Yeah. That looked really cool. Seeing all of them with like all the skin on their face. That was neat. Yeah. He's like putting those polio crutches, <laughs> like pushing Paul down with them. Yeah. And then um, that Uxia or whatever her name is, she comes in, saves Paul again because she's like, nope, totally getting married. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's here's the cool part about it is because we've got that the mayor's actually your dad, too. And your mom just split when you when she was pregnant. So I'm your sister and we're totally gonna get married and paul is just like not happening he's like i want none of this and douses himself with like kerosene yeah and lights himself on fire yeah he also had gills too yes he did have gills here's a fun fact since he brought that up in the beginning of the movie and i thought that maybe it was just like from filming things out of sequence Mm. and perhaps it might be but when he had his shirt off and his little nude scene, he had red marks on his side. That's where awesome. the gills were. That's awesome. So that would be really cool if it's foreshadowing. Because my thought, I was like, oh, he must have just got beat up or whatever filming the movie. But 
I had completely spaced out the gills. Mm-hmm. So then when I saw the gills, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. He was all, it was set up from the beginning. And so, yeah, he does have like weird hybrid fish person DNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really cool. That's a really cool detail. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, um, she's not cool with him setting himself on fire. She like jumps into the water. Like they, yeah, she like, grabs him. They jump down the them. pit. Yeah. To which he's just like all burnt and everything, but then his gills start working. Uh huh. And he, he, they just swim off together. He just is like cool with it. Then he's like, and yeah, they like swim into the weird hole, the weird Dagon hole, and then the movie ends. It's very sudden. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I'm gonna be honest. I did not like the ending to this movie. No, no, I didn't like it because either. Okay, so you could have him light himself on fire. I liked that. I liked getting tackled into the water because that's pretty ambiguous. But then just have him like swim off. Like, I don't know. Like, what is he going to do after that? Is he just going to live there? Is he going to go swim off, meet Dagon, see what's up? Like, I think he's just cool with it. That's the impression I get. It's just so weird. Oh, well, I can just breathe underwater now. So, like, all right, I'll go have weird fish person sex with my sister now. Yeah, I thought that was really dumb because it, he went from I'm so not okay with this that I'm going to light myself on fire to oh my god, I can breathe underwater as a rat. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was a weird ending. Yeah. She's like she's like very interesting looking too as just like a person. Like Yeah. It's like that weird like I hate to use the word exotic cuz what does that even mean? Usually right. that means like oh not white or whatever, but I mean, she does look very different yeah i think they did her makeup really well too yeah. she's just like very unsettling at times mm-hmm. she's got like just those big eyes yeah it's like uncanny in a way piercing yeah yeah she's a good stare oh we also get to see the mayor's face because he takes off his skin mask oh yeah he's all yeah. like cthulhu under yeah he's like all tentacly great great effect yeah that was nice yeah whole thing very lovecraftian very very lovecraftian and I'm not sure you can explain how well it matches up with the original story or how or the story it's based off of. But I got to say, this is probably one of the, if not the best adaption of any type of Lovecraft material. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I will say the only thing. So I think this comes close to color out of space. I might still give it to color out of space, but I might not. Those two are really close in terms of like H.P. Lovecraft adaptations. I actually know I'm going to give it I'll, I'm going to give it to Dagon. I'm going to give it to Dagon purely because it got weird enough where I think Colorado Space for the story it was adapting didn't get weird enough. Yeah, we we both agreed on that. Yeah, that it should have. It should have been, been weirder. weirder. Yeah. Um, go listen to that episode. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so in the short story, it's just one guy and he's like some like um like research kind of guy and he hears on his travels back to arkham which is always brought up in hp lovecraft stories i I love that on his way back to arkham he hears about this weird town from the locals of insmith and he hears about it and like it's very taboo and he's very intrigued by it here's like a weird story about how weird the people are there so he takes like the one bus that goes there just to check it out because he's just curious and the events kind of play out the same. He goes to a hotel and that chase scene of him like uh, uh, unscrewing the bolt. That's all in the book. 
Oh, is it? It is. And it was one of my favorite parts. H.P. Lovecraft, uh, he doesn't really write kind of like a chase scene like that, really. No, he's usually just like a kind of very scientific about things a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah, so, and he needed a fantastic job building that tension because it's like that in the book too, where it's like, oh my God, is he going to do it in time? And there's a little bit more in the book of him like running between like hotel rooms through like the little side doors, you know, where you can connect rooms from like running through and like trying to get to this window to get out really well done they did a great job adapting it uh after that it's just him sneaking through the town of insmith avoiding all the weird cult people and getting away and then at the end spoilers i guess at the end he gets to arkham and he is doing more research he went there to go research his like family tree and then he discovers that his mom was from insmith oh and he started to realize that some of his features were kind of lining up with the features of all the all the people of Vincent. That also had really good fish people in it. That was also a thing. Dagon, that whole that's obviously still all the same. And you know, um, when they show they are, they were going out to that rocky island. Yeah, there's like a brief shot of that. That's also in the short story. That's kind of where they all do their weird worshiping. So yeah, it was a really good adaptation. Yeah, I mean, I had, I've read it, but it's been so long, mm-hmm. and I probably should revisit a lot of H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm I've even started a new uh, story. It's good stuff. Yeah, and I think this movie did a good job too. The character in the um in the Shadow Over Insmith is very inventive. He's very quick on his feet, and he's very smart too. And they really brought those character traits over, which I like. That's what an an adaptation should be. Yeah, I, I think if you don't play it completely faithful, that it, especially when you have to modernize it and you go, well, we're not going to make it a period piece. We're going to make it modern times. Mm-hmm. You really have to like mold things in a in a good way. Yeah. Where even if you change them a lot, you still have to bring in, like you said, a lot of the material in subtle ways. Yeah, like uh, another cool adaptation was the part where he grabs like the skin and he's like running away in the short story. There's kind of a part like that where he's thinking he's about to get caught. Like people down the street are going to see him when he's trying to escape. So he starts like waddling and like walking like a townsperson would. And then he gets away. So it's like how he was, you know, running with the skin and like running all weird, trying to pretending, pretending to be like he was from the town. It's just one of those like small little things that you can adapt from the story. And that's, that's also my problem with the reanimator. Oh, that that is completely different. It is just way too different where it's like, is this really an adaptation? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people, especially when they make cheap stuff, um, just tend to throw around HP Lovecraft a lot. Yeah. They love slapping his name on things and where, yeah, they do it with reanimator and it may not be a good adaption, but it's also... A really cool movie <laughs> yeah i mean reanimator is an amazing movie and it does capture a lot of the elements of hp lovecraft storytelling a lot of the themes which is really important i guess the title of it doesn't matter because i don't want to tell people to watch this movie <laughs> but it's it's very much um people turning in the fish people type of thing i think that one might even have some spain involved with it but it's it's so bad. It is. It's really, really bad. And I, I watched it and I was like, I f- feel like 
because there were so many people who worked on it that were actually in the movie type of thing and finance. And I was like, that one felt like dumb rich people trying to just make money. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they just kind of seemed like really phony people and nothing was, nothing about it was good. And they were, like the tone was wrong. The effects were terrible. And I'm tired of seeing things like that. But um, yeah, but something in, along the lines of uh, like the movie uh, Cold Skin where that's like people in a White House, weird mer people mm. coming out at night type of thing. Like that's way better. <laughs> You know, like you want to see like weird things that just get more inspired by or the lighthouse or the lighthouse. The lighthouse <laughs> that's a great H.P. Lovecraft inspired book. Uh, yeah, movie. that's just people descending into madness. Yeah. 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 That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Where did they get all that alcohol from? Was it there the whole time? Was any of it actually well, there? Yeah, they end up. <laughs> well, because at one point the guy's like, oh, we, we have to go like dig up all these like rations and they do and it's just more alcohol <laughs> yeah oh well, we're just stirring the ramble on about other stuff yeah <laughs> um yeah so movie rating and whether or not you'd recommend go for it Brennan. this is a movie i think this is a really good movie i i liked all the acting in it i liked the bits of comedy we didn't really bring that up but there are some genuine like funny moments in this oh sure yeah there's some levity in this yeah for sure there was one part i i even re i had to go back and rewind there's a part where they're hiding and like the priest just like peeks his head through the door and paul just immediately punches him in the face and it is so funny <laughs> i i went back and rewatched it my roommate and i we were dying laughing off of it uh i guess the only gripes i have with the movie i actually really didn't care too much for like the cinematography I not the cinematography I'd give it to the lighting they had really cool sets and they had like all these like cool areas and great locations great great locations but it just felt kind of flat Mm. I don't know yeah I get that um I thought some of the shots too were like too tight and I don't know if they were like editing stuff out yeah like maybe something might have gotten in the shot so they were just kind of like Gotta crop that all weird. Yeah. That's a good observation. Because it felt kind of off a couple times. I noticed it in a few spots where I was like, what is going on here? Didn't really feel, I don't know. I, You know, it's like, I don't know. I've seen enough Stuart Corbin movies where I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah, they never have like the, the greatest of budgets, but usually he's like pretty good about that stuff. Like can frame a shot decent. Yeah. So. I don't know. Just, it could be anything. Who knows? Yeah. So like I can appreciate all the sets and everything but if you don't light your scenes well it's not gonna matter too much yeah i mean it is very dark yeah but that being said i still really like this movie and i definitely recommend it it is a really fun watch also if you have the time read um shadow over insmith easily one of the best hp lovecraft stories i've read or you can just listen to an audiobook version on youtube but yeah and if you don't have the book go to your local library or all that stuff's like public domain. You can yeah, find it just online. Google it. Right. <laughs> That's how I read the color out of space. Yeah. So yeah. Um, as far as my reading goes, uh, this is definitely a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I've probably talked to you about this movie countless times. Yeah. You've definitely brought it up and I'm surprised you never watched it considering I have it on DVD. Ooh. It's just always here. <laughs> Your mom hasn't made me 
donate it yet, <laughs> which I don't think I ever would. I'd still hide that one somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a fun and simple story. Yeah. Um, the pacing is great. I agree. It it there is like one part like kind of like around after the mansion and stuff. I feel it kind of slows down a little bit, maybe like kind of like too much getting captured. Mm, right. But it never really lets up. No, it's just kind of on the go. Like this movie just kind of gets going right away. Mm -hmm. Gives you just enough information about everybody. You can just draw your own conclusions to things, you know, fill in those blanks because you know what? This movie's just going to cruise by. It's like maybe an hour and a half, maybe a little bit more. So it's an, it's an easy watch. Um, yeah. And I, I definitely recommend it. I mean, considering this has some of the worst CG. Hmm. It's bad. It's really bad. Sub Hercules and Xena type yeah. effects. Like there's a there's that one where like the blood's coming out from the boat. Yeah. And so it says you're looking up at the boat from under the water and you're seeing the blood come down from Vicky's leg. But it's the way the water is moving next to the boat. Yes. Is so, so bad. bad. But I mean, I'll give him some credit. There's some American movies like on the sci-fi channel that would not have gone through the trouble of making the water move like that. Mm -hmm. It probably would have been worse, but they don't use it too, too much. Yeah, they use it sparingly. There's a lot of practical effects that more than cover up for it. Yeah. So like that whole part where um, that initial dream sequence where um, where I said like uh, she had the teeth. I forgot that the tentacles came out of her mouth too. Oh yeah, that's in uh, that's when he's in the hotel room. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, and the gross tentacles come out. I saw that and I was like, oh yeah, it's <laughs> this just, is tough. It's tough to see. Yeah, you don't want to see it. Yeah, but to forgive a movie with such just bad CG in it and to go, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You can totally make it. Like I know I'm complaining about it, but you can look past it because. It's the rest of it is so good. Yeah. There you have it. <laughs> Dagon. Dun, 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 dun. Dagon. Yeah. So, um, I got nothing else I'd want to add. So, this so we can just wrap it up. Visit our T Public store. All the cool fish people are getting t shirts from there. <laughs> um, contact us. Where is an email telling us about your crazy fish person tales? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Our email address is corruptedyouthpod at at gmail.com. Oh, that was the most normal we've ever done it. Visit the the Dungle Den on Facebook. It's there. We're there. Sometimes I'm there. People are there. Well, yeah, you're (laughs) not really there. Uh, Bring some memes with you, too. Yeah. We We like cool, fun movie memes. Yeah. I think your mom posts stuff on there. I, yeah, I like those. <laughs> she doesn't watch a lot of the movies, but when she she finds some pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like she said, I might have seen it before, but I'm like, go for it. It'll get some likes. Don't worry. Yeah. Because I was worried that she's not cool enough to post it. I'm oh, like, no, you're no. fine. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, speaking of listeners, thanks to our listeners, the Dongles. That's you guys. Yeah, it is us. Oh, them. We we're also dongles <laughs> we are dongles. and um a little thing here um we've got one of our uh past haunt members is currently in the new face of horror competition 
or a face of horror competition, I'll try to remember to throw a link in mm, for everybody. For sure, for sure. Um, he played the butcher at the haunt that we worked at, which is no longer around. It has been Unfortunately. torn down for a roundabout. But um, so sad. Yeah, he played the butcher for years. Outstanding job. Yes. Um. So yeah, I'll put a link for for Ryan's thing. Go vote for him. He made it past the first round of competition. And he was up against like two gals who were just posting on Instagram all the time. So yeah, listen to this, find the link, give him a vote because he's just a dude doing it. Yeah, he deserves it. <laughs> this is a super nice guy too. Mm-hmm. And other than that, also thanks to our fellow podcasters for your support. And hang in there, dongles. Bye. Dead you! Come rock, dead you! Come rock, dead you!